Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. Hey, thank you. I'm grateful to be here. It's good to be back. Haven't been here in a little while. I'm Jonah, joined by producer Brad. Yeah. Got, um, got your coffee. I got some coffee. You missed that stump town. <sighs> Man. How do you get going in the morning? I took it? a break from drinking coffee because I met this guy in Portland who said uh, that it was good for your anxiety to not drink caffeine. Oh, yeah. So I didn't drink it for like a month and I just felt exactly the same. Didn't feel any better, any worse, so I just figured I'd drink it again. It's nice. It's like, I remember one time I thought that I, you know, I was talking to somebody who was like, yeah, man, I cut out all dairy, and oh my God, like, all of a sudden I could breathe, like, my sinuses opened up, and and uh, I felt f- great, you know, like, and I'm thinking, like, like, maybe I should, you know, go on a dairy fast and see, but, like, if I do, I'll be so bummed if I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like I always feel the same no matter what. Like, I'm always kind of tired. Yeah, I think that's like, kind of the way it is, unfortunately. There's I was, like, no, kind of like, sore. Everybody's looking for that one thing that, you yeah. know, like, sorry, this is the way it is to be human, man. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> Gotta deal with it. It's just temporary. <laughs> um, today on the podcast, we have a guy named Brooks Whelan, who, Whelan and uh, you made a home for Saturday Night Live. And he's no longer on the show, but he has a new comedy album that's super funny out called This Is Cool, Right? And he's, yeah, we've seen him on At Midnight. He's he's on TV all the time. Super funny. He just moved back to L.A., but the week before he moved to L.A., he came on the podcast. Um, I've been bugging him for a while at SNL, and he came on and was awesome. Yeah. And it's him hilarious and- to hear him talk about SNL like... As not the greatest experience. Yeah, he has a very d- different perspective, and he's really open about his kind of opinions. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting to get his kind of take on things. Um, kind of a different side of it. But uh, Stephen and him talk so much about Los Angeles, and while we were recording this intro, I was like, I was like man, I wish Stephen was here. If only Stephen was here. Oh shit, I forgot to turn my phone off. Hold on. It is Stephen. Wait a minute. Hey! Hello? Hey, dude. Hello? We were just... Hello? Uh, my, ears, my ears were burning. Really? Because we were actually just talking about you. Yeah, that's so weird that's so that, you would, that you would randomly call in the studio while we're talking about you. How did that happen? I found out this is amazing. There's a zit on my back that's causing all these problems, and they popped it. Really? Yes. Oh, man. I immediately lost 15 pounds. 
You know what problem I've had? Not having enough t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, Dude, especially so clean funny. t-shirts. I want to call you about that. Especially- I want to make sure you guys mention the t-shirts. What t-shirts? Well, you know, Commonwealth, the dudes, the guys who are sponsoring the podcast. Yes. Uh, I don't want you to forget. Commonwealth. We, yeah, we, uh, Did we, we should- forget? No, well, Stephen reminded us. Yes, we're sponsored by Commonwealth Press. Um, they've been big supporters of the podcast, and um, so much that they're running a special. Uh, if you use a code uh, cwpress.com slash podcast with your order, you get six free t-shirts just for being kind of referred by us. And they print... Oh, mer- shit. I thought you got half a dozen t-shirts if you were, they referred us. Is it six or half a dozen? Uh, I think it's half a dozen. Is it half a baker's dozen? It's six of one or half a dozen of the it's other. It depends on which t-shirt. But you yeah, get. if you're in a band, you need merch. You're not making money off your record. Trust me, I know. So order some <laughs> shirts, get six free ones, and make us look like we have people that listen to this. Yeah, and then sell those six and use that for your extra beer money. Yeah. Extra drunk. S- start a pyramid scheme. <laughs> sell the six to someone else and have them sell them. I don't know. Give them to charity. Give them to charity. But... um we should get some shirts there. Six free. That's a pretty good deal. Does anybody want our going off track shirt? Someone tweeted at us that they wanted uh, an XL shirt. Do we have any we of those? Have those? We do? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, I'm thrilled. I'll give them all of them. Okay. Well, oh, we'll get in touch with that guy, that one guy. And if you want to bootleg <laughs> your own, we'll gladly send you the original art. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to design a new logo, go ahead and send it over. Yeah. We're open for anything. Um, if that you, logo is vectored. <laughs> if you're confused why the logo is a train taking off, but the sound is a train crashing, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe look for some continuity there because we don't we don't have any. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's pretty obvious. Trains can't fly; they would crash. <laughs> ah, shit. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I think you're being very literal about a train with wings coming out of this the is, side of it, though. This is the way real art. <laughs> works an artist makes something and then two other idiots try to figure out what it means <laughs> or th- i feel like three idiots in this case i made it oh you made it <laughs> i didn't know that you made that the logo yeah i made that uh, oh, jesus think- man no i actually i hired out a logo specialist <laughs> <You hired. laughs> new york's top marketing team yes we have had this problem of trying to find something brad can't do it's yeah that's true brad if I did, uh, if I designed a logo, it would look so shitty. You, you did. Did I you did. design the first one, or was that you, Stephen? No, that was Stephen. The Uh-oh. the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, I didn't. that's right. How could I forget it was Stephen? <laughs> Anyways, I have to point out something that that has nothing to do with our awesome sponsors, Commonwealth Press out of Pittsburgh. Uh, please go check their stuff out. They like our stuff. But yesterday on my email, I got a LinkedIn request, and it wasn't a LinkedIn request. It was. I got notified of a new skill by our producer, Brad Goop, and I was so psyched to see what skill he put on his LinkedIn page, and it said guitar. (laughs) Brad, you learned how to play guitar? Oh, somebody just endorsed me for that. That's right. I didn't put it on. I, I, uh, yeah, I suppose I should update my LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't know. I update them both about the same, but. uh, I just want to say congratulations after years (laughs) of being in a punk band. Finally learning how to play. Well, it's hilarious because the person who endorsed me for guitar, if I remember correctly, I don't think that I ever, well, whatever. She's kind in the music business. 
anyway. Congratulations. Yeah, Everyone thank you. go get some cool t-shirts. Multi-talented. All right. Speaking of multi-talented, Brooks Whelan, hilarious dude. Let's listen to him talk. I have some friends who live in Glendale, and like I always loved Glendale. You know? Yeah, it's not bad at all. <laughs> yeah, I like it's Glendale. Armenia, but it's still Glendale. You got the big giant mall. Yeah. The three-story gallery. Oh, yeah, that outdoor right. mall. That was the best place to go to movies, man, when I lived there, because nobody was ever there. Yeah. You go to a movie like on a Tuesday night, and it'd literally be three people at that mall. I left a, a backpack filled with beer uh, in Grown Ups 2 at that theater, <laughs> and I went back the next day and was like, did I leave my backpack here? And they go, nope. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> What's that bar on Hillhurst, the Good Luck Bar over in Las Feliz? Yeah, they have a comedy show there every other Tuesday run by really? Chuck. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There's, the a basic, there's a basically a comedy show in every bar in the east side once a week. Aren't you supposed to sell comic books in Los Angeles to have comedy? Isn't that the rule now? I mean, that's like, that's, that's even the establishment now. Like, that's uh, mainstream. And that's just the one, and that one has a TV show, so how alternative can it be now? That's completely true. There used to be this bar over in Atwater Village called Bigfoot. It was like an after-hours bar. Yeah, they have, they have karaoke there all the time. Oh, God. Bigfoot's Everything's great. changed. I mean, it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's over in Atwater Village. That's right across from the street where um, the Beastie Boys recorded... Um, Check your head, I think. Really? That was like the one bar we could walk to from my uh, mansion that we lived in. Bigfoot. <laughs> so we the mansion full of nine other dudes. And one girl who dealt coke. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. important to have in the house. No, it was terrible. I'd never done it. And then I moved into a house with a cocaine dealer. And that really increases how much cocaine you do. <laughs> yeah. So, so if, if we didn't record the part before this, uh, Brooks is moving to LA. That's why we're talking about it. Oh, yeah. I don't want to open up with how I used to do a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> All right. Too Let's late. Start over. <laughs> what, drug, what drug do you do that you want to open with? Yeah. Pick um, a good one. I like mushrooms a bunch. Me too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are good. Those are my favorite. Do uh, sure. you ever do them in chocolate? Um, no. I kind of... I don't like eating... I don't like uh, kind of masking the drug, you know? Because I don't... I want to know exactly how much is it, it I took. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't eat weed... But I'll smoke it. I don't. And like with but, mushrooms, I want to know how many I ate. You're moving to California, dude. Though you're gonna have to eat weed. I feel like. No, I mean I don't. I really? lived there for a long time. I never ate weed. Really? <laughs> I feel like they have everything there now. They do, and I don't like it. One time, I, I somebody gave me like two Jolly Ranchers and of uh, weed, and we went to like a Dodgers game, and I just was. I was like, we're all gonna. This is gonna crumble around us. It was a terrible <laughs> experience. I just like, yeah, I, I'll it's, smoke somebody, weed. it's more intense. Somebody yeah. gave me one of those bars, the um, like the 420 bars, and I didn't have it, but somebody that I was with, this was at Comic-Con a few years ago, <clears throat> and a friend of mine said, I'll try it. Give me, you know, like one square of the Hershey bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the next day I went, how were you? And he went out of commission and obliterated from one square. Like there's no dosage. You have no idea. It's like you eat a bomb that might go off in your brain. Yeah. It's, but you have no idea. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've never had the chocolate mushrooms. I've just, like, eaten mushrooms. Have you done it as a tea before? No, I've That's never. That's pretty good. I, I would trust the tea yeah. more than, like, a chocolate. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I just I'm like I want to I want to physically see how much I'm yeah, ingesting. Yeah. That it makes tastes sense. So bad. It yeah. does taste pretty terrible. Yeah. I I just took mushrooms up in the Adirondacks and uh, it was mm. with like three friends and I was the only one who had like a freak out. And then on the way driving back, I was like, can we take more mushrooms? And my friend goes, everybody but you. <laughs> Dude, I took them a month ago and went to the World Trade Center to, oh, and walked around. And it was gnarly. really intense. That's super intense. It's also that Battery Park area. At night, it's empty and it looks like the future because everything's new. Absolutely. So it was a pretty weird experience. What was your freak out in the Adirondacks? I, I had a mushroom woods freak out once myself my freak out was um who do you think you are <laughs> like i do stand-up comedy i was like well, what gives you a right to make people listen to you talk like what if you don't know what you're talking about and then i just had to like tell myself i was like you do know what you're talking about this is just the mushrooms mine was you've made a lot of mistakes you should write them all down <laughs> and it was me writing down every mistake oh, i've man. made and it was so depressing that's why i like mushrooms you never come out of mushrooms thinking like i'm killing life yeah. like it never makes you cocky like how beer does it very much makes you look at what you can improve upon that is true i realized i hated camping and i was on a camping trip and i ruined it for everyone there because it was my car so it's like what well, didn't matter we're all leaving we're oh all going home. oh really yeah you made everybody leave well it was only two of us so yeah oh, okay well, but we you... broke up shortly thereafter so i guess it worked that's perfect yeah. i like taking them uh camping that's like the one place that I would go to a Joshua Tree a bunch and yeah. I love that place. Nature's good. It's so like that place Joshua Tree I I found out about in Los Angeles like three years after living there. Like I'd never it's so close, but you don't know it. I felt like I found like a, a hidden door in my house. Because I was like, this is here. And then I just would go there a bunch. It was great. I was also uh um, really sad from living in that cocaine house. <laughs> I was like, I gotta get away from this. <laughs> the sad cocaine yeah. house. <laughs> Uh, so are you, you moving still- in with nine people when you move back or no, no? moving with my girlfriend and nice. just her and i have like a solid life right now so yeah try to keep that going have you wanted to go back there for a while oh man ever since i got let go by snl i wanted to bail <clears throat> but my girlfriend uh got transferred here for her, uh, her job so then she i couldn't be like and now we're back <laughs> so she had to wait and get transferred back to la okay gotcha yeah so and that, she has a job that enables her to do that? That's cool. Dude, yeah, she works for this company. I won't say their name because I've been talking about drugs, but they're very cool. Um, <laughs> and they, they, hook, they hook her up, and she just kind of writes for them. She writes about, like, fashion and travel for them now. Nice. Uh, she, I thought she was going to say she worked for the uh, ATF, but that's all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, what, what have, so, and you also said you just you were working on a stand-up album that's coming out oh yeah i I recorded a stand-up album uh in late november it comes out january 27th oh nice that's exciting where'd you record it uh madison wisconsin which is a really good stand-up comedy town like the midwest is great for stand-up comedy because they appreciate it uh so you get really good crowds there um so yeah i recorded it and it came out i mean it comes out january 27th i just listened to it and i'm like super i like uh it's kind of what I put uh, being fired from SNL, like I focused on this for six months. And then like, it's like my, uh, I'm like more proud of this than anything I did on the show. So I'm like, yeah, maybe it was for the best. Once people hear this, they'll be like, oh yeah, this he's better at this anyway. Was it, I know like making it an album, it's like, there's so much prep that goes into like, I mean, how long did you kind of fine tune it? I mean, I've been doing stand-up seven years, and this is the first thing I've recorded. Okay. Um, but I went on the road and just uh, headlined for six months straight. So doing like, you know, five hours of stand up every weekend 
for six months that went straight into the record. So is a lot wow. of the material from that six months, or is it stuff from your, the last seven years? Kind of. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much all from the last year and a half, two years. But I'd say, you know, um, thirty-five out of the fifty-five minutes is from the last six months because okay. you just like kind of tune it, fine tune it, and then you have like more real things to talk about as you get older. Yeah, and like have real experiences. That's awesome. So I went to a show. Mike Berbiglia did a improv show last night. Oh, was it? Uh, what was last night? Sunday? It was like no. Last today's last, Thursday. Today's Thursday. It was like Mike Berbiglia's dream or something. It was like him and Chris Gethard. No, it was just like a just an improv show that Where he kind of. It? it was at UCB in Chelsea. Okay. Um, I like Berbiglia a bunch. He was like one of the first dudes I got. I've gotten starstruck. For real, meeting two people. One was Berbiglia when I was like nineteen. Okay. Uh, and the other was Eddie Vedder last year. And Eddie Vedder, I feel like, yeah, you can get starstruck meeting Eddie Vedder. But Berbiglia, I was like, what was I doing? I just, <laughs> he's great, but I just freaked out meeting him. Yeah. This was in Iowa. He was my favorite comic when okay. he came through. Gotcha. Um, okay, but how was it? Oh yeah, so it was great. But um, but kind of halfway through the show, they started talking about the interview because all that stuff had kind of just happened and they were like... By the way, that's insane. Yeah, and me and Steven wanted to talk about it. I was like, I bet Brooks will want to talk about it. Yeah, it's such a bummer, man. It's total fucking bummer. I've never felt... And I find you, I feel embarrassed a lot for things that happen in this country, but I'm like... Because of, like... So we got hacked by North Korea, like... Every movie theater should play that movie and everyone should go see it, you know? It's yeah, like, well, it's... I, I went over to, to I went over to South Korea two years ago and I took a tour like the demilitarized zone and went this like eight-hour tour through the USO and like we got to look into North Korea and it's like the, when you like really learn about North Korea, it's like they have this huge building there that's like looks like a skyscraper but the windows are painted on and there's yeah, 30 it's, people. It's like... There's they, a really good documentary about it called Inside North Korea on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah, it's... Um, I think she... It's an Asian reporter uh, who goes goes over there and it's all under the guise of doing these um cataract replace replacements uh like north korea allows them in to show that there's this doctor who does cataract replacements which by the way if your population has a ton of cataracts it's because of malnourishment it's terrible right but um so they allow them to come in and film it to basically show the world like look we're helping our citizens but it's like a double op to where they are going in to show how bad the country really is and it's out it's on Netflix called Inside North Korea it's uh. the best like look, like it's terrible but it's the best inside look cuz i watched the vice one and it was yeah, okay but that. they definitely knew this dude was trying to like i mean they didn't show him very much Right, but like, but it's like it's like every like that's such a good, it's like a farce. Like they don't have a military, they don't have anything. It's like they're like they have people living there who are like in work camps in Siberia who think yeah. they're in North Korea, and it's like they have so much power over those people because they're so brainwashed. But they don't have power over us. And to me, it's like for us to bow down to that is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's really like the creepiest third grader at a school is holding that school hostage. Right, like, right. Don't, you can't make fun of me. It's like, also, okay, don't make fun of a creepy little third grader. But And, and it's somewhere Trey Parker and Matt Stone just being like, where the fuck did this happen with Team America? Like, no one cared then? I, like, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't listen to Alex Jones, uh, but I know that there's got to be a conspiracy theory with, like, Sony and, like, just them being scared that, like, more stuff... Like, I feel like there's something else happening. I think what really happened... I mean, in reality... It's that it's the fucking Dark Knight Rises psychopath, that kid who, you know, that no theater wants. And I totally understand. You don't want anyone to die over a movie. Right. Because people are so fucking lame and crazy that like if that 
theater shooting hadn't happened, I bet, you know, I mean, there's just so many fucking shootings. They're like, look, I don't want but any But that didn't shootings. change any gun laws, you know what I mean? It's only like, it's less than 35% of this country are gun owners, so that didn't change anything. But on a given, like, I grew up as an, I was an army brat, <clears throat> and I lived on a base in West Germany back then, uh, that we would have West Germany? threats on a monthly basis. Some Someone would call in. Like, like the Red Brigade would call in a fucking bomb threat on a middle school and we would all have to go outside and stand and wait to go back into school. And this was like de rigueur, you know what I mean? So on a daily basis, there's a threat to the United States. But all of a sudden, like a bunch of people's emails get released, turns out to be North Korea. And then they say, you know, what? we're going to do a 9-11 style bombing. We live in a constant threat of that. Well, you know what? We're not going to show this James Franco movie. And, it's like and- you hated your highness that much like this is happening but also like what did uh, what did they they knew they were going to piss off north korea making this movie like yeah. well i i know i remember well i feel yeah i mean i don't know what they thought was going to happen like i just think it's like evoking 911 is just like all that's like the one uh, thing yeah, you say where it's absolutely just right. like okay shut it down shut it down for sure just we just let the terrorist win everything yeah. fox news yeah. says just came true like AMC and Regal Cinemas just let the terrorists win by not showing a movie not many people wanted to see anyway. Yeah. And now everybody wants to see it. Yeah. I was interested in it because I, I felt like they were holding back on the uh, – you can tell like a movie's holding back on previews. Yeah. And I only saw the same preview over and over. And I was like, I bet this gets real gnarly. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to see it. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's a bummer. I also don't, uh, people are shitting on Franco. I was like, Franco's great. Like, yeah, he he's, made awesome. Pine, he's Pineapple Express. The movie's the fuck, he's the fucking best. Uh, yeah, somebody was like, good. Now we don't have to sit through another James Franco comedy. I was like, he didn't fucking write this. He's just a funny actor, man. Yeah. Also, you didn't have to sit through it to begin with. No one was making you pay to go see it, shit for brains. Yeah. My favorite, uh, I watched uh, SNL for the first time the other week, uh, and it didn't hurt as bad. It didn't hurt as bad as I thought because I was. It like made me realize of like this is what I was bummed about missing. Uh, but the funniest sketch I've seen in a long time was James Franco fighting the little kid mayor. Did you <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. Look this sketch up. He's a little kid wins the mayor, and then uh, James Franco's the kid who lost. The guy who lost. It's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's like super pissed. He's like, this kid's like four years old. Yeah, he's like, this kid thinks he's strong. I'm strong. Uh, either way, that made me. <laughs> laugh super hard and it made me Can like you tell by seeing a sketch like who wrote it yeah i knew exactly who wrote that uh these guys tim robinson zach cannon i was like that's definitely those two and then i called them and they were like yeah yeah we wrote that and i could tell because there was no cast in it those dudes always write like host stuff uh, i was like yeah it's definitely if there's no cast in a sketch no one in the cast had anything to do with it <laughs> i just saw kyle in that hello ladies movie Have oh yeah that yet? He, no i mean i just knew he was in it it's really funny. Yeah, he played Rory. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a funny. He's a funny actor. Yeah, he's a really funny actor. How much of it, how much acting do you like to? I mean, aside from you know the sketch stuff, like if you were pretty heavy on just being a stand-up, like oh, I'd never. Is that something I mean, you're looking forward to crossing over into? Yeah, I suppose I'd never done. I'd never done or written a sketch before I was on SNL. Like, so I don't even do sketch. Uh, I just did stand-up in my audition, and then they hired me to be in the cast it was insane um and then they're like where are your characters like the fuck are you talking about (laughs) uh um so i don't know i mean i really love stand-up uh but i also you know being an actor being on tv is what makes people want to come see your stand-up 
So that's super important. Um, so, I mean, I'd rather write my own show and be in it. You know, like, It's Always Sunny in like Broad City and Workaholics. Like I admire the shit out of, you know, create your own show that you're in. So that's like what I want to do and that's what I'm working on. Who are some of your, do you like like, you know, we talked about Hepburn. Do you like some of the dark? Like I feel like my favorite stand-ups like Doug Stanhope. Like I really like the kind of darker stuff. Who are some of your yeah, guys? Um, I mean, my favorite is is like the new group of dudes come that are like, you know, to me, incredibly famous but to the world like you know maybe not but uh like kyle canane and rory scovel and uh like tj miller um those are my favorite guys the dudes i want to like you know kind of model my career after uh those are who, that's who i like for like the most famous people i don't even know oh bill burr's new special is like the best thing i've really? seen I've been in, meaning like, to decade. watch that i listen to his podcast a lot his new special is called uh you know uh I'm sorry you feel that way. It just came out on Netflix. It's the best. Also, Cosby's newer stuff. I'm joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just did a Fox. I just did this show for Fox. Uh, it was like going to be on like Fox like Fridays at 8, and I kept making Cosby jokes, and they're like, we can't use any of those. <laughs> uh, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as you say Allegedly. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, but that's who, I, those are the dudes I like. Bill Burr's new special is so good. John Oliver, uh, his stand, like his show is amazing. Yeah, his but stand up is great. His stand up is so great. Like, so good. It's so, um, he, that dude is the coolest. He just does like 3,000 seat theaters and goes up and just like, just super. I mean, it's polished, but not like he doesn't give a shit. He just, you know, chilling, drinking. He doesn't drink before, but then just like goes up and fucks around for an hour and 20 minutes and murders without like. I've seen people play like theaters like that who are like, you know, every word is like carefully constructed. Yeah. Versus he's just super funny and great at making fun of whatever's happening. Have you seen Did that? you ever listen to his podcast, The Bugle? No, I haven't. It was good. It's, it's very. Uh, Jonah, it's very pun heavy. He'd be all over it. Nice. <laughs> we had on a couple weeks ago on the podcast, we had Lance Bangs on, and he directed oh, that Chelsea Peretti special, yeah. and he was talking about it, and I watched that. That was really good. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't see hers yet. Um, it's, it's kind of like, he wanted to make it look kind of like an anti-special, so there's all this weird, like, kind of surreal stuff in it. Yeah, I dig that a lot, because Chelsea's good at stand-up. If you can do good stand-up and then make fun of stand-up, I'm into it. Yeah. I kind of hate anti-stand-up. Yeah. Because you can write a bad joke in, you know, one and a half seconds. You know, yeah. like, hey, fish, how you breathing? Like, <laughs> fuck you, you know? takes so It's so hard to write a good joke. Anti-stand-up pisses me off so much. Uh, I don't mind Kyle's. I like, I really love Kyle Mooney's um, Bruce Chandling, though, because... <laughs> That is just a deeply saddened man, uh, and that's what it's really about. But so, you know, I'm not I, talking about Kyle at all. On that. I mean, is it? You know, I listen to a lot of like stand-ups who have pocket, like Joe Rogan and like Ari Shafir and those guys, and they yeah. always talk about sort of, especially when they have other comics on, like, because my window into all this stuff is Vanessa, and she did Second City and stuff, but never really like toured as like a hardcore stand-up. And they talk about just sort of how dark and kind of lonely it is and all that. Yeah. I mean, did you have that experience? Um, I I kind of hate the road. I only do clubs I want to do now, which I'm lucky to be afforded that option. Very much so. But uh, if you have to go and like tour the real deal um, where you're on the road, you know, for I did the road for like five months, but there was like a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm recording this album, then I'm done. I'm taking like, you know, the next three months off. Uh, to just do stand-up in New York and L.A., which I prefer. Uh, but if you're just on the road with, there's no, you don't know if it's if you're going to end and you're not doing fun rooms, you're just doing, you know, shitty fucking, 
I don't know. There's a ton of shitty rooms in Ohio. <laughs> like I'm just sure. doing all those shit rooms. Uh, that could, that gets that gets real dark real quick. Um, but now I'm at the point where I've done enough bad places to where I'm like, this makes me so sad. I would rather not make that money and be happy as a person to where I'll only say, I'll like, anytime uh, I get offered a club, I'll ask around and be like, has anybody been here? Is this fun? And if people are like, it's okay, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do that then because you mean it's terrible. <laughs> uh, but there's like, there's like a handful of amazing clubs in the US, like um, Bloomington, Indiana, this place called the Comedy Attic is so great. And Madison, Wisconsin, Comedy on State is amazing. And like Acme in Minneapolis and Comedy Works in Denver and like Hilarities or not Hilarities. Um, there's like, Anyway, Portland. But there's like great places you can go to people come out and unlike comedy to where you don't get depressed. Yeah. But if you go on the road with bummer places, it gets fucking sad. I've always said just talking to so many bands over the years. So like being in a band is tough. Touring is tough. But I think stand up is the hardest entertaining. Yeah, you have gig. to carry less stuff, though. Touring is yeah, a you... lot. I feel like half the time we're just loading stuff in and out. Yeah, I think there's, you know, anytime I can, I bring a, an opening act. Because that's huge. Also, I think comedians are, they're cool, but most of them, 99% of comedians are fucking lazy assholes to where they, it's easy to get depressed because when they visit a city, they won't rent a car because they're like, no, that's like 80 bucks I can have. But like reality, now you're fucking stuck in whatever mall you're next to for the next three days. That's the most depressing thing ever. So I was like rent a car and like then go see whatever's in that area. So it's like a little vacation. You know, like, uh, and I like photography, which keeps me like from going crazy. So I just go take photos and shit. But, uh, if you're, I'm jealous of bands, but I also am not jealous of fucking lugging a guitar around. Yeah. Oh man. What if you're a guitar comic? What a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have the worst of both worlds. That is true. Because the airline industry does not care about your guitar, especially Delta. They let me, so we did a tour in november i guess where we flew to florida and then we flew to california and we did the west coast and we flew back every flight except for one they let me just bring my guitar on the plane and put it in the overhead bin and it took up like a whole bin i was like i can bring this on and they're like yep oh that's great yeah it was really weird i guess i think there was some kind of thing happened where like they were breaking so many guitars that now you can just bring them on that's awesome yeah maybe it was brian fallon because i know that delta smashed his on a tour oh really oh really like and he like went crazy it happened to chuck too it's happened to a lot someone drove a forklift through it it was brian is brian fallon gaslight anthem yes Yes. like you know that remains the greatest show i've ever seen uh because i was very i was stoned i was living in huntington beach and they played chain reaction in anaheim all ages yeah all ages no alcohol but we went pretty drunk, uh, and it was like stood perfect. I really enjoyed it. Was the Fifty Nine Sound tour, and I was love. Uh. I love that album so much. And I was just with my buddy. I just moved to California from like fucking Iowa, so everything was neat. And it was just like a perfect storm of like this is the greatest show I've ever seen. And uh, and Murder by Death came on, played right yeah, before yeah. Bloomington's own. Yeah, and that was like they were fucking awesome. That was like mm-hmm. still remains like my favorite That's show awesome. I've ever seen. It was, it's like a thing that will never be beaten because it was such like a. I was really, just really happy at that point. It's like 22 and everything was exciting to where if like I saw Pearl Jam, <laughs> who's like my favorite band all time, like in a room of like 30, I'd be like, well, it's still the energy of that 59 yeah. sound tour. Yeah. I, I wish I'd known. Their drummer Benny sometimes guest hosts a podcast with us. Oh, Gaslight's really? drummer. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I really, I really enjoy those dudes a bunch. Yeah. yeah. They have mm-hmm. a new record there. Oh, it just came out. 
get hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I I know that for sure. They're my brother's like absolute favorite band. Like really? he like follows them around on tour and stuff. Yeah. It is weird though how you get older. I feel the same. Like there's shows from like when I was in my twenties that like I'll never forget. And now it's like your favorite band could be playing next door, and you're like, I just want to get seamless and yeah. chill oh, out tonight. It's absolutely. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. What happens? But don't you like that when like you hear about a band like like I've always I always liked Pearl Jam. You know, always did. Yeah. And then I and then I just you know never saw them live. Just one of those things that like he's totally. like they're around and then i remember seeing them and, and it was i think it was Lollapalooza. i think we were we were doing press and so you know you get that good press spot for a few right. songs I remember standing there going oh fuck yeah. oh shit like you know and it was like oh yeah all right okay yes i'm with all of you i got yeah, it I'm i mean there. they have like the most insane you know that you know like following to see them live and shit to where like when they play how if they played four they played four shows in a row in la and i you go to all four you know like, uh, cause they don't repeat songs and shit. And it is like, I forget that I like them as much as I do. Then I see them live and they listen to them for like three months in a row. And then it kind of goes away a little bit until you see them live again. And they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Did you, did you see all the stuff Billy Corgan when he was shit talking them? Oh, but Billy Corgan shit talks everybody. Yeah, but so I saw, I saw Smashing Pumpkins play at Webster like a week ago. Oh really? Or like two weeks ago. Very recently. Yeah. And it was like, it was so weird. Like, because it's him, the drummer for Rage. Oh, yeah, Brad Wilk or from, whatever? Yeah, Brad Wilk and the bass player from The Killers, which I don't know that dude's name, uh-uh. and some other guy on guitar. And it was like, he was like, wouldn't play a lot of the hits. Yeah, like, well, I mean, that, nobody's ever said, like, Billy Corgan seems cool. Like, but it was this, that it's guy like, sucks. He's, he, he totally sucks. He seems yeah. like he sucks. And then when he was shit-talking, like, Pearl Jam, it's like, this band has been putting out records. Like, you didn't do anything. Yeah, I know. You literally did and, nothing And then forever. you come back and just, like, get off and, like, withholding, like, not playing 1979 or like, Chair Brock for, like, yeah. people that paid, like, 80 bucks to see you. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, was he doing fucking Zwan songs? <laughs> he wasn't doing Zwan songs. Underrated record. <laughs> no, it was. I liked. I had Swan, but it's like, don't shit talk yeah. this band that's been together for two decades, like consistently not putting out garbage, like like records. You know, it's not. Some of them aren't the best, but I still, you know, actually, you know what? I do. Just I didn't like the last two records Pearl Jam did as much as the other ones, but that's because you get older and you're like, do the what I like. Right, you right, know? right. Yeah. I don't. You're fucked if you make records for twenty years. I I you can't please everybody. I kind of they fell off my radar, and then I saw that. PJ twenty five or twenty PJ twenty yeah. PJ twenty and that I saw that like a screening of that and I was like holy shit this is awesome this is so good yeah. that, that documentary yeah. I saw that uh, at the ArcLight when I was living in L A like on opening night and every, it was just like hardcore Pearl Jam fans and we're all like maybe Cameron Crowe will swing by and he did not <laughs> but it's still really fun that's kind of cool when it's that like 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 that crew of people like I remember like one of the last times I saw Wilco it was like a nice vibe because everybody was sitting down and enjoying the show. Oh, yeah. And there was like one clown, two rows up, standing up, having a good time. Yes, he should, yes, stand up, watch the show. But I remember just this whole row of us, this big Wilco fans being like, fucking sit down, man. Seriously, like, oh, you kind of ruin it for everybody like, else. Like, you're you're not in my eye line, but I can see you. I can see you. That's yeah. like that Descendant show at Roseland we saw. Oh, the Descendant show? Oh, yeah. Remember that guy was standing up? <laughs> Like right in the VIP. Oh, that he guy, got thrown yeah. off the thing. Yeah, our friend shoved him <laughs> off because Joan and our I were. Friend. Well, me specifically wasn't. Steve. Stephen was like this. Guy, I know Stephen hates the story, but yeah, this guy. I won't say who it was, but yeah, this guy was standing up and like blocking everyone. And someone's like, "What's going on?" Stephen's like, "Oh, this guy's standing up." Our friend just walks over. They exchange words, and then he gets pushed off this thing. Oh, that's comes crazy. running up, and then it was this big thing. Turned no, into a giant fight. It was kind of. 
not great. <laughs> Steven, Steven's like, I feel sort of responsible for this. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah There's concert etiquette now, though, is so weird because it's like, it's like people, like all this technology is so new, so someone will hold up their huge phone in front oh of your face. Oh my God. You ever see anybody fucking recording a show on an iPad? I haven't That's actually the seen the most, it. I was like, but, what the fuck but is this? I feel like those new iPhones are like almost yeah. as big as an iPad now. It's, I and feel- it's like, no one really feels good. Like, I feel like if you point it out, they're like, huh? You know what I mean? No, I feel like, th- I've been going to a lot of shows, you guys too, I think we hit a critical mass where people are coming back. I really? think it's like turning around I where everybody so. used to record because we could and it was exciting yeah and now it's like it's kind of lame to do that that's why fucking jack white so cool like they come out and they're like please don't record before he comes on they're like just don't record you know just be in the moment which i so appreciate yeah yeah and then you know well with, well, with stand-up like that's a huge thing if you're workshopping right uh not for you know maybe for super famous people and even that that's definitely gone back like it it was it got crazy and then comedians you know we're bitching about so much i don't see it happening uh, anymore but at the same time i mean i mean i'm sure john i just was like opening for john oliver for a little bit and he would say hey man don't record but you know um it wasn't where it was that i remember where like you know pat oswald was head of into like right please stop just enjoy this i think people kind of are smart enough especially at those like weird you know at ucb where they're like Come on, be cool. You know, this is a cool space. Like, it's not like they're at the fucking Irvine Improv, which I'm sure people would record there. Right. Comedy fans <laughs> know, don't do that. Yeah, I guess I just have like so little. Fa- I feel like when I go to shows, it's like I get get so irritated that sometimes I, it makes it hard. Like, I feel like everyone's like talking in my ear, and it's like some dude's playing acoustic. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm with you. Uh, I don't. I'm, I don't know if that's just getting older and crankier too. I'm usually pretty. I'm kind of. I like to I get drunk when I go to shows, so I'm usually pretty just like whatever about everything. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> See, who, I feel like I'm usually stoned, so I just have like heightened. Oh senses. yeah, you're the opposite. <laughs> yeah. just like I, my senses are very much dulled. <laughs> I was so bummed that I was at Lollapalooza, and um, it's the first time I saw the Black Keys. They opened for the Tours just like 2007 when it was just Dan and Pat, and they like fucking blew my mind. You know, just those two dudes, and then uh, I drank, so I blacked out. And the Raconteurs played, who were like my, at the time my favorite band. And in the morning, I was like, "Oh darn, I don't remember any of the Raconteurs." I was really mad at myself. Do you ever uh, listen to any uh, Brendan Benson solo stuff? Oh yeah, for sure. Ah, uh, shit's great. It's I like really it better good. than Raconteurs. And yep. years ago, we were working uh, Bonnaroo, um, which I hate. Really? I just played um, there this year. I had the most fun time ever. I think oh, I it's... I feel it's like, Stephen... No, oh, okay, so you're probably right. When you worked it, though, wasn't it more of, like, more hippie festival, sort of? I feel like now... Well, Metallica it, played. Oh, yeah, Metallica did play. And Against Me played. It was like... Really? And, and, and every band had the best experience because they would fly in and fly out. Like, they right. would come in, they would leave. They, like, Springsteen played the one time I worked there. But I remember the Rock and Tours played, and I was uh, stoked to see them. And they, like, the band was supposed to come talk to us. And by the end of the day, it was just Brendan who was going to talk. And I remember um, our old boss was like, man, Jack White was supposed to come over here. And I was, like, so stoked because I love Brendan Benson's <laughs> yeah. records. And that's and so when he found out that, like, oh, you're a, you're a fan, like, like, okay. So all we did was geek out about his shit. It was great. He's so cool. He's That's the secret it. weapon of that band. Well, I like, my favorite part of that band is Jack Lawrence, the bassist, who's the most mellow, cool dude ever. He just kind of like chills out and he's quiet. And that guy, he's in, he's like 
uh, in the Greenhorns. Yeah, and then he, he was the best too. player for a buddy of mine, a guy named Benji Faree. He toured oh, with nice. him just because he could. Yeah, and he was on City and Color. I, I, that's my favorite uh, part of that band. Is uh, yeah, the City and Color Jack. really? Uh, he well, he's he's just like the bassist for City and Color. Okay, yeah. that's that dude who's Dallas the Canadian Green. guy. Yeah, I've yeah. interviewed him a bunch of times. He's really cool. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Like a huge deal up there. He's really, yeah, he's really nice. I like yeah. that guy a bunch. Um, Sitting Color was the guy from Alexis on Fire. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Assume- he's not. He's not the one in. Um, oh my god. Hard hardcore band Frank Quit guy from Big Love. Oh Gallows. Gallows. So the, it's not the guy. I don't from think Gallows, so. No. Guy. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they were just they were playing at Bonnaroo when I was there, and then I hit up like uh, Jack Lawrence. It's like, hey, we're gonna watch Elton John. You want to do that? And he's like. Nah, fuck that. Let's go uh, watch basketball at this bar. Uh, so instead of Elton, I was I couldn't sell my girlfriend on. I was like, let's go eat wings with City and Color and Jack Lawrence and watch basketball. And she was like, what the fuck? Elton John's on. And I had to. I bailed on her. And she was. It got into a big fight. Of she's like, just fucking watch Elton John. I was like, but I'm never in the same city as these guys. I like rock stars. Like, it's but you really guys are still it. together, so it was it worth it. Um, yeah, it was totally worth it, man. Yeah, I don't I don't need to see Elton John. I'd rather go watch basketball. And then Patrick, the drummer for My Morning Jacket, was there. And I was like, this is, you're like the other band I love. I was like in heaven versus she was watching Elton John alone. <laughs> Which I'm a, just a bad boyfriend is what it came down to. Uh, did, did you have like a kind of like, you mentioned like Gaslight and stuff. Did you have like a big kind of punk fate? Do you listen to a lot of that stuff? Because that's kind of where me and Steven come from, I guess. Oh, I mean, bit. like, I like, you know, Fugazi a bunch and like Bad Brains, but I don't, it's like enough to where like I'll put it on and enjoy. Like, I, lo- I know 13 songs really well by Fugazi, but that's about it. Um, and then Gaslight, I really just enjoy, you know, I kind of, I like, uh, I like 59 Sound more than anything because it's got those, you know, like slightly slower songs to it like old white lincoln and shit where it's it's like still punk but not really it's like sort such of, a good record yeah, yeah such a good record um to where i love i love that music i don't have any problem with i enjoy it whenever it's on but i think i still i just love uh you know my morning jacket and like that like fucking alt rock shit yeah that you guys might Dude, not check, do it check out the later fugazi records man because they it took me a long time to realize after seeing them many times that Fugazi's just a jam band, you know what I mean? Like, they never really? had a set list. Yeah. And their last record, The Argument, like, I would give that to someone just as much as I would give 13 songs a repeater. That record right. is so good. I'll it check is. it out. Yeah, it is really good. I was listening to Eagles of Death Metal while, while I skated over here. Like, uh-huh. I, it's like a, another band I forget, and then once a year I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this. They're so good. Yeah, they're so good. So you skated here from Manhattan? Well, I skate to the L from, I live in, like, Deep Alphabet City. Okay. Gotcha. So it's just faster to get around if you skate. We both used to live over there, Joan and I. We did. Oh, yeah. where, did you, where did you guys live? I live, well, not really off. I lived on, uh, uh, oh my God, third street between first and second. Okay, I'm on third and D. Third and D. Okay. Yeah. I see, I live the seventh and A, which when my wife moved there years and years ago, that was pretty bad. But now yeah. it's like, I guess, further it's out. It's great. Yeah. D is still, I mean, a dude got murdered the other day. Uh, on my block and now there's a cop tower that they just like hang out in and i feel like i live in a police state yeah i hate those things it's like wow do we just need to be like berlin Wait, Dude, i've never i don't know if i've ever seen one of these it's uh, a, yeah i've got a photo uh, it's a, i'll show you after this it's a just like a it's a little it's just a cop tower it's like a little a it's like a scissor there? lift i don't think there's a cop in it i think there's uh cameras in it okay and there's a cop next to it, or at the very least, it's just a huge deterrent of don't yeah, yeah. murder anybody while we can see one of those. 
I read this fascinating thing. Um, uh, I've read many of them, but this one in particular talked about weird things that like other countries have tried that work. And if you no just guns, switch, what'd you say? <laughs> no guns. <laughs> yeah, no guns. That's one of my own favorites. Yeah. Uh, but one is um, just put up more blue lights. Really? Yeah. And it's like this natural crime deterrent that crime just plummets. That you put up just blue that lights. Make, that makes and it's sense. the most random thing. I want to say Finland, but I, you know, I, I, I could look it up right now. Um, but it's, I always think about that. And every time I come home, you know, I live in Jersey, I'm like, maybe I should put a blue light in the front door. Just a little added security. I like that. Um, yeah. Okay. I, what are your guys' favorite uh, albums of 2014? What did you dig? Did you dig anything this year? I did. Um, I thought that Against Me record was awesome. Okay. I don't know. No, it. That's a good um, record. Uh, I'm two of the guys in my band. This band, Pianos Become the Teeth. Okay. Um, who we had on the podcast? Their record is incredible. I'll check it out. Check it out. Um, I'm trying to think. There's what this else. band called United Nations that Jonah's being really shy about. Uh, yeah. It's pretty fun. My band oh, put yeah. out a record in yeah, July. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I don't see. I get like, I I get like 2013, 2014, like goofed of like what came out at the end of last year versus this year. I don't know. I don't can't even think of what like new I gotta, records. Uh, I'll tell you one that you will like if you yeah. haven't heard is those those two beach slang EPs. Oh yeah, those are great. Oh I don't know. It's a those. dude from Weston. Yeah, that one's dude, that's really will, cool. It's if you like Gaslight, I love them. Yeah, it's pretty, I have, if you like, like the replacements at all. Uh, I don't know the replacements very well. It's kind of the same. It's kind of a you'll, yeah, you'll like it. You'll you'll like it. I got <laughs> into like uh, the other day uh, Parquet Courts. Okay, like, I've heard a little bit of that. I just, I don't know. It, it's just. I, it's like a kick I'm sure I'm on that I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm over that. But like, it was a week where I just listened to their like Sunday. That Menzinger's record's good. Yeah, the Menzinger's record's good. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to come up with all these lists and I used to be so into doing it. And now like I get hit up for Paz and Job and like, I just never do. I'm like, I don't Yeah, I don't, it, I don't like, yeah. And well, I, So many of my friends like post like, these are my 10. And I'm just like, I read about music all day. Like, I don't want to like, I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, no one cares what I like. Like, yeah, totally. Um. Yeah, well, people might care. Well, people might care, yeah, but yeah, like, I, I feel, feel like, like nobody I, cares what I think. I'm like, yeah, totally. Um, which, I feel like I barely care. Like, yeah. I feel like if someone's like, this is your list of favorite records, I'd be like, eh, I'll skim it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but you're subconsciously you're like, because you put out a record and your record has gotten critically acclaimed, you know? So it's, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Well, you can't be the guy with the record people dig putting out his list of records that he thinks are cool and then not put your record on it. I would, yeah, I would never put my record. Also, on. <laughs> it is it is tougher. Like when your album comes out to be like, here's here's the best records this year, and when you don't, because you would never want to put your own on it. But secretly, right. you're like, mine's pretty good. Also, like I feel like you're also when you see other people's, either just scan it for years. You're like, mm, nope. Mm, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I I saw my friend scroll past my Instagram without liking it the other day, and I was like, what the fuck, man? Double tap that shit. That's a good photo. Like, <laughs> See the framing on that? Yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. You know I like photography. That means a lot to me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm think I'll think of like comedy albums that came out this year that you should check out. Um, this guy Nick Vaderot has like this really weird. He's a, a Chicago dude. With the most unique album I've heard. If you listen, like look it up on uh, Spotify. Nick, Vaderot. I want to look it up just based yeah, on I his think, name. I think Vanessa's friends. I think he's They're performed with Vanessa friends. a yeah, lot. Like, open friends for, for sure. Her. Yeah, yeah, he's Vaderot's really funny. Great. But it's it's a weird. Um, Somebody doing something cool, unique with an album, which I really dug. Nice. Uh, and then who else? I don't know who else. My friend Barry Rothbard came out with one that's good. I don't. I don't know. Did Chris Gethard's comedy record come out this year? Did he have a full length one? He had a special, one? right? He had a half hour. That was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, the half hours are are, are a weird 
thing now. They're not what they used to be when like Hedberg and Dane Cook were doing them. Um, it's weird. They're a weird. That Hedberg half hour, I still have like on my iTunes. It's, it's perfect. There's a there's a, a extended version. It's like 39 minutes long of hit, of the full recording where he shit. bombs for the first 20. But but isn't oh. is I think it's it's the crowd really sucked. Right? Crowd really sucks. It's when they used to do the half hours in L.A. around like while people were having dinner. It's the fucking worst experience ever. If like Yikes. that's what I hate about comedy clubs, like the the ones that serve food. If you serve food in your club, I'm I'm not into it because it's like I can't make somebody laugh while they're fucking cutting a steak. Right. Yeah, it's dinner what? theater. That's yeah, the worst. super lame. That's my question, sort of too. It's like. I like going to comedy shows, and I go to a lot of shows at UCB and stuff, but it is like, as someone who just grew up going to like see bands play and stuff, I feel like you go to these places and it's like, whatever, the comedy seller, it's cool, but it's like you're paying so much money, then there's like this minimum and everything, so, and like, I feel like that's like, is it just so much overhead? It's or is so it- lame. That's why I would, I would love to go around comedy clubs and just do small rock venues, yeah. because what, it's so much easier. Why, is that just the established way it is, or is it just to like, to pay for everything? Because I don't know how much... Are the comics getting paid a ton of money? Like I don't know, man. Like the the best model I can see is the comedy attic in Bloomington, where it's a really small space that like, can't be a ton to rent out, and then so he doesn't need to charge a lot for tickets, like eight bucks for tickets if you're a college student, and then they sell like beer and popcorn, um, and then you know the comedian makes money, and then. It's like seats, like 200 people. It's just like these fucking comedy clubs that are like, this is going to be a 500 seat comedy club. So the turnover, you think you're going to get 3,500 people there every weekend like right. to see, you know, just regular headlining comics, not like theater acts. Right. It's just like people getting greedy with like, we could make this much, I feel like is what is like the downfall of those bigger comedy clubs. But then it's like, if you see, we had like Mike Lawrence on here talking about UCB and he was like, I, he's like, they don't pay anyone. So it's like yeah. that model. UCB gr- gr- pays no one. Yeah. That model's great. I feel like if you're watching shows and good as a performer I guess to have like an opportunity but it's also like that doesn't seem really sustainable if you're not you don't make money in New York or LA doing comedy it's really? just a thing that you just don't you can make a little bit of money I'm I like if I wow. go up every night in New York I might make 200 bucks uh, for a week over a week maybe you should join a band yeah <laughs> dude but, I don't know about that uh, it's yeah also... <laughs> but it's just a thing like it's just like a fully when I lived in LA, I was a, I had a full time job the whole time. I was a biomedical engineer the whole time I w- lived there. So like, people would be like, "Oh, I'm broke," and I'm like, "Well, fucking get a job. Like, don't sleep in." I never felt bad for people being broke because I was like, I get a, I you know I get up and go to work. Um, but yeah, you what, don't make what any does money. A biomedical engineer do? I worked at Caltech in a lab uh, writing like research papers and shit. I went to college for that and got that degree, and then so that's what I did in LA for a while. But yeah, if you don't, you still make money in New York or LA. You have to go on the road if you want to make money as a stand-up, which sucks. But it's the same thing as like a band, you right? Know? You don't make money gigging around New York. You make money by fucking going on a tour. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Yikes. but what about that? Uh, like, sucks. doesn't Jamie Kilstein have the model where he, you know, he'll go and find you find rooms that aren't like you know Ticketmaster oriented, you know that kind of thing where it's like yeah, you're basically like Fugazi. Absolutely. I mean, I you can do it if you're, uh, you know, have enough clout. Like I, I did it in Iowa because you know Iowa's where I can like sell good tickets because I, you know, that's where I'm from, and I talked about it uh, on SNL, so people like were into that. So I just would hit up a city and be like, hey, what's the best? What's the best like 300 seat venue in Des Moines? And then they hit me back to this place called Woolies, and then so I just set up a show there. Then five dollar tickets. Then I keep ninety percent of the door. 
you make as a comedian way more money and as uh you know the people who go in way cheaper it's just the fucking best to cut out comedy clubs just get them just cut out the middleman just bring your comedy to people who want to see it charge them less don't fucking price gouge your fans uh yeah. and then you know then you just one night only also is great fucking two shows sucks like anytime i do two shows like friday night second show i'm like you guys fucked up you should have came to the first show i'm tired now <laughs> Um, that always amazes me with comedy where you have a couple of days where you're there, like, whereas in a band, like, one night, and you're gone. If no, you, if yeah. You see you next tour. No, and, yeah, stand-up that you you got, like, fucking six, six options to go see it. it. It's, I'm way more into one and done. Do you think that that's kind of changing? Do you think, like, that newer model is kind of replacing it? No. No? I mean, comedy clubs are still definitely a thing. Comedy, stand-up comedy is so popular right now. It's, like early 90s level popular where you know that oddball festival where they're going and selling like 17,000 like tickets for people to go see you know Louis CK and like Hannibal Burris who are, who are like the best comics but like 17,000 tickets and they're doing two fucking nights there that's like I feel like it can't get much more popular than that yeah it's insane it's like stand-up comedy and also the internet has allowed every every uh fucking small town to have a scene like there's a scene everywhere which, which is what you know there was maybe i i don't know maybe like 10 people really doing it when i lived in iowa in like 2000 fucking nine and now i went back there there's like a full like they're like uh you know comics like they're like we want to do it without ever having to leave iowa and i'm like come on dudes get the fuck out of iowa like uh but but there's just sounds pretty punk yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, very punk now. There's just scenes of, like, there's a New Orleans scene, and they all, you know, it's, it's weird. It's great for comedy. Um, it's really good. Just the internet has allowed uh, everything to become more connected. Same thing with bands. So much easier for you to people to record now, right? Than yeah, but it's a also, real like, I'm sure it's the same thing with comedy. There's just so many bad bands now. For sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like before you had to, like, really work at it and, like, book it yourself. So, like, you couldn't just, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for us, those are YouTube stars. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dude. But that, I, that's where I feel even older than I am is when I'm like, I'm like, that can't, they can't, there, there's not that many people that watch this. No, there's not. Oh, there, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've had a story, but I won't say it because it's a bummer. It's mean. Uh, yeah, we'll move on from YouTube stars. Uh, hey, man, we love to end on a good bummer. <laughs> yeah, no way. But I'll, I'll Will just, you tell us later? For sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for I don't know. Comedy's super popular. You don't make any money until you hit a certain level, until like you get on SNL. I was making no money, and then you get on SNL. Even I was barely even on SNL, like <laughs> fucking barely, but... Just those, I got to do two updates as myself, and then that works. To now I get to go tour and have money for the first time ever as a comedian. You think that was a direct result of that? So, 100% a direct result of that. Uh, yeah, just from you know, two updates that were funny about where it was just my stand up, I got to roll on and do. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, also making fun of being fired from SNL helped. Yeah, more than anything. The funniest thing, thing I did on SNL was get fired, I think. <laughs> So it didn't didn't hurt to get fired and immediately go on a tour. Yeah. And then like people who came to that tour were like, "Oh, he's actually good at this." Was there like 
Like when that were you? Was there a moment where you were just because it seemed like you went straight out and like really carried that momentum? Was there a moment where you were like, oh, I'm bummed out. I just want to sit around and feel sorry for myself. No way, man. It was immediately like, let's make them look like assholes by being the funniest person in the world. It was like the most motivating thing that ever happened. It's like I'm gonna be so funny that people will be mad at them for firing me, which is that's, how I, I took it. Yeah, that's a really that's great good attitude. Yeah, that's I love amazing. It. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna be bummed out. I'm gonna go fucking make them eat their words, dude. Uh, which, you know, I, that's not, that's not saying anything mean against SNL. It's just like, cause they're cool. To, I mean, they're as cool as they can be, you know, upon fire me. Plus the cast is the best, you know, like, uh, Vanessa is so fucking nice and everybody on the cast was great. SNL in general is good. I'm just, you know, like Lauren fired me. So I'm mad at him. Like, that's how it works. It's basically <laughs> it. Uh, now you gotta go, now you gotta go on, um, uh, Mark Maron's podcast and have the Lauren talk. No, oh, I doubt it. Well, well, who knows? Um, if it, you know, if people buy my album by doing that. Sure, uh, I just want people to hear my album. Is what I want. You What's know? the name of it again? Uh, it's well, I never said it. it's called. This is cool, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, the cover of it is I just ripped off uh, Almond Brothers band uh, Brothers and Sisters cover. It's pretty cool. I like the cover a bunch. Where, so can, where can people get it? Like iTunes? Yeah, or? iTunes. And then I'll just have like a vinyl that you can buy off my website. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Which is like basically, now I have to like carry them to sell them, but I don't give a shit. I basically just did vinyl so I could have one. Yeah. I don't want a CD. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool when, when comedians do vinyl. I hope so. Uh <laughs> You should Whatever. do a whole. You should do a run of all seven inches. So it's like you know, six jokes side one, six jokes side two. Then you have a collection like a seven inch of the month, like no effects. Oh my god! I that's the one thing about new records that um, lazy me is upset about, but like audiophile me is like cool. Like is the you know my morning jacket. Every album is you know cut into two records, so you get sometimes it's like two songs on this side. Like what the fuck is this a single? Uh, <laughs> so I just got to flip records all the time, but it's still. Uh, but I, I like like, you know, fucking old school, like Springsteen, uh, Nebraska, where it's like, oh, flip it once. You know, you got it for like 20 minutes now. You must've loved A-Tracks, man. You have to listen to that shit in a row. So, yeah. Someone showed me an interview with Kanye West where he compared his album to Nebraska. And I was like, dude, I was like, did you make this album alone on an A-Track with just by yourself with an acoustic guitar? Like, I bet you had a million people working on your album. Oh, for sure. I'm more impressed that Kanye West knows the album Nebraska. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't watch the actual clip, but someone was like, do you remember when Kanye West compared his album to Nebraska? And I was like, this just makes me I mad. Think he, I think he meant the entire state. Yeah? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't... I like... I mean, I like Kanye West just because of how Kanye. fucking crazy he is. Yeah. Also, he makes super catchy music. Yeah. It, without, he does, man. I do get... videos. I get grumpy with, you know... Uh, Everybody who's just, you can just fucking, like South Park made fun of the new pop star idea so well of just like, they're all fucking so interchangeable. Every pop star is so fucking yes. interchangeable. It's so boring of like, okay, yeah, that's your ass. Nice. You got a great ass. And now here's the song somebody else wrote for you. Yep. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> I get so grumpy about it. Me too. Uh and, and the fact that it has been unchanged since rock and roll started. That's right. what I like the most. It's just like. You know, go back to like look at an old top ten list of the fifties or sixties. Like look look at like an like a seventies Rolling Stone. Like these were the top ten hits this week. You'll you'll recognize maybe one song and then just look at the like two through ten. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh for sure. Yes, you're totally right. Um it's great. I 
the other day I saw I, th- I'm not lumping Taylor Swift into that category at all you know because she writes her songs and they're right. fun but uh, I was just like looking at her the other day I was like she looks like young Tom Petty and that's not mean to either of them yeah they're both just <laughs> beautiful people I can't believe how young she is they're like it's her birthday last week she's turning 25 I was like oh yeah. my god what I got done with my life to pull her trailer. I did get a little grumpy when she took her music off Spotify. I was like, come on, how much money do you need, yeah, man? Yeah. It's fine. Let let kids stream your music. Yeah, like, I get if you're like, look, dudes, I'm eating fucking Eggos for dinner. I gotta have, can you please buy my records? But I also feel like a lot of that stuff, like, who even knows how much that was her? I mean, I'm sure she had to sign it, but I bet you... You're totally right, and this is my girlfriend definitive it by saying, like, but... Artists like that need to take their music off for Spotify to fucking uh, rectify and be like, okay, we will pay more for people to stream your right? right, right. So that's where I was like, oh, man, if she's helping other bands, then I totally respect it. Yeah. I was just like in like a drunk, grumpy mood of like, yeah, get all the money. And you then, were just like, dude, now I can't listen to every Taylor Swift album like I normally do. Well, in all honesty, I wanted to listen to her new record. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dude, so she, so it worked totally. Yeah. I have yeah. Bolt, so. No, uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for I letting me come on. Uh, hopefully, I didn't come off like a dick. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm ever worried about. <laughs> I think I don't think so. Okay, or no. not not a bigger dick than, than everybody thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes me want to go get your record. So, oh yeah, yeah. Check it out, January 27th. January 27th. And SNL's let me go on. Um, I mean, they're not letting me. Uh, I hit them up, and they're cool to me. I'm gonna go uh, sit down on Seth to like promote it. Oh, nice. Which is like kind of nice to still keep that relationship with those dudes. That's amazing. Very cool. Seth Meyers is the nicest human being of all time. Yes, he's awesome. And uh, his uh, showrunner, Mike Shoemaker, is like my favorite person in the world. Cool. Well, so so check out Brooke on Seth's show as well. Yeah, that'll be be fun. And Vanessa was on Seth's show two nights Mm -hmm. ago when this aired and talked about our web series, which was awesome. Dude, that's why Seth is the fucking man. Hey, Seth, can I just come on and talk about some... Sure. There's a part where he's, he's like, so you and your brother Jonah have a way. I was like, he knows my name. Oh, yeah, dude. Seth has a really funny, uh, Seth is talking about everybody's uh, um, backstage, who they bring backstage one time. And uh, he was like, uh, he called, he calls, because uh, at SNL, you get to bring people up to your dressing room or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, either way, we were just talking about like who's, who were coming with or who were letting come up to her dressing room. And Seth goes, I'm doing the Vanessa, uh, my best friend and my brother. Yeah. I know, but Edvins always introduces her as her best friend. It's my best friend, Gwen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, She's the best. Either way, um, I just stuttered for about a minute and a half there. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Cool. Good All way right. to end. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brooks Whelan. Um, super, super funny dude. And uh, check out his new album. This is cool, right? It came out at the end of January. He did a sold-out show here at Union Hall where we do all of our live podcasts. I didn't go because I couldn't go for some reason, but I'm sure it was fucking awesome. So check out Brooks. Um, follow him on Twitter. Check him out on At Midnight and a bunch of other TV shows he's on. Uh, also, wanted to thank our sponsors, Commonwealth Press. Go to cwpress.com slash podcast. Get six free shirts with your order. Um, what else? Visit us on Twitter, Going Off Track. We are um, on iTunes. Leave us a review. You can also donate to the podcast at goingofftrack.com. And if, Stephen usually does this, so I'm trying to remember if there's anything else I'm forgetting. I wish Stephen was still on the line. Um, I'm, 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 I'm still here. You've just been ignoring me. <laughs> oh, you're here. Really? 
totally fucked that up. Let's do it again. No, dude, that was fine. He was supposed to go. I thought that was good. He was supposed to remind you to say Commonwealth Press. Oh. What's the difference, though? I don't know. See, now I think it's, now I think it's even better. <laughs> Should we leave all of this in and just be so incredibly unprofessional? <laughs> like, they you want to see- find out why we don't write comedy? <clears throat> this is why, ladies and gentlemen. Let's <laughs> not just leave it in, you know. Have you ever had somebody, like, call you and then they thought they hung up and you, you could sit and listen to them for 10 minutes? Yes. Let's just do that. Let's leave the room. And go get some more coffee. I've done it many, many times. <laughs> Let's do the equivalent of that. <laughs> I'm so confused what's happening right now. <laughs> so we apologize for the next 20 minutes of dead air that you're about to hear. Don't worry. I guarantee you no one is still listening to this. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Check out Commonwealth Press. Check us out online. Check out Brooks' album. Uh, sorry for how insanely weird this outro is. But... It's early. Hey guys, I'm still on the line. Oh my god, <laughs> are you still driving? Did you mention Commonwealth Press? Yes, many times. Okay. How about the Twitter handle? Did you do that? Yeah. Oh, Stephen's calling. We in. got it all. Oh my god, someone please end this. Please, God, make this end. <laughs> See you next week. Think clapping is going to make it end? Yes. No. Usually we clap just, for the cues, so it's over. It has to end when I clap. <laughs> Dude, this is so ridiculous. Please hit do stop. That every week now. Please hit stop. <laughs> Still rolling. Please end <laughs> this. Have some compassion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Have some compassion for yourself and for our listeners. <laughs> All right. I'm going to end it. All right. Thank God. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.